Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Acts, chapter 22. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Early in Acts 22, Paul's in Jerusalem and he cannot wait to, um, on his way to Jerusalem, he can't wait to get there, even though there have been people and prophets telling him that when he got to Jerusalem, bonds and afflictions awaited him. But Paul couldn't wait to get there. And I can imagine that Paul is thinking, you know, I know my Jewish people. Paul's thinking, I, I, I know how they think. I know what they think. Paul is thinking, I know how they breathe. He, he, he says, you know, he thinks I, I've got my finger on the Jewish pulse. And when I get there, Paul's saying, thinking, I'm going to be able to have an opportunity to share with them. And many of them are going to get saved. This is what Paul is thinking as he's making his way to Jerusalem. And last week, as I said, he finally got there. And when he got to Jerusalem, he went to the church that was in Jerusalem with Pastor James And the elders there greeted him, and his Jewish brothers were there. And a bunch of Jewish people were gathered there in Jerusalem. And some Jews who were against Paul began to turn others against him as well and stirred up riots and started gossip and rumors and said that, hey, there's a guy who took a Gentile. Remember Trophimus? He took Trophimus, they said, into the temple And they accused him of taking him into an area of a temple that Gentiles were not allowed to be in. And it was at that time, the Bible tells us, that a riot broke out and they began beating Paul and beating him to near death. And then there was a Roman commander. We'll find out in Acts 23, just around verse 26, this Roman commander, his name is Claudius Lysus. And so Claudius Lysus comes and and he takes Paul, he grabs Paul and he stands him up before the people. And you know the story. Paul is standing on the stairs of the Antonio Fortress and waving his hand for the people to be silent. And from the steps of the Antonio Fortress, we talked about this last week, that Paul gave his testimony. Remember, I left you with that verse. They overcame by the blood of the lamb and what? The word of their testimony. Our testimony, saints, is important. Amen. And so Paul began to share his testimony and Paul talked about his theological background. As he said, I was taught at the feet of Gamaliel. And then Paul talked about his zeal for God and how he persecuted the church. And he talked about the fact that God appeared to him on the road to Damascus and he was blinded and he fell to the ground. And he began to tell them that when he fell to the ground and he was blinded, that he heard a voice. Paul says, I heard a voice. And the voice said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And it was at that time, Paul said, I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And then God sent a man by the name of Annas, Ananias, who came to him and baptized him. 
And then Paul goes on to say that I was praying. And then the Lord spoke to me again and said, Paul, they're not going to receive your testimony. And Paul began to argue. Remember, we talked and God said, Paul, depart and I will send you to the Gentiles. That's where we left off last week. Let's kind of pick up right there and then we'll move forward in our story. Look at Acts chapter 22, saints, beginning in verse 21. If you're with me, say amen. Verse 21, then he said to me, depart, for I will send you far from here to the Gentiles. Now in verse 22, and they listened to him, note this saint, until this word. What word? Thank you. Gentiles. They listened to him until he said the word Gentiles. And then they raised their voices and they said, away with such a fellow from the earth. Remember earlier, they wanted him out of the temple. Now they want him off the planet. These guys ain't playing around. Away with such a fellow from the earth, for he is not fit to live. And then as they cried out and they tore off their clothes and they threw dust in the air. And the commander ordered him to be brought into the barracks and said that he should be, underline this in your Bibles, that he should be what? Examine under scourging so that he might know why they shouted so against him. That's why they wanted him scourged. And as they bound him with thongs, Paul said to the centurion who stood by, is it lawful for you to scourge a man who is a Roman and uncondemned? And when the centurion heard that, he went and he told the commander saying, take care of what you do for this man is a Roman. Then the commander came and he said to him, tell me, are you a Roman? And he said, yep. And the commander answered. That's in the Greek language. It says, yep. And the commander answered in verse 28. With a large sum of money, I I obtained this citizenship in Rome. And Paul said, I was born a citizen. And then immediately those who were about to examine him or scourge him withdrew from him. And the commander was also afraid of him after he found out that he was a Roman because he had bound him. That's why he was afraid. And the next day, because he wanted to know for certain why he was accused by the Jews, he released him from his bonds and commanded the chief priest and all their council to appear, the Sanhedrin, the council, the 71, to appear and brought Paul down and set him before them. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Listen, you got to get the scene. Here's the scene. All these people are gathered around. Jerusalem is very crowded at this time. All the people are gathered around and they're captivated by Paul's testimony. And as they listened to Paul's testimony, they were fine with that until he used the G word. Until he said, God sent me to the Gentiles. It was at that word that they began to scream and they said, take this guy away. How dare he say that God was sending him to the Gentiles? That is blasphemy. They said, they thought. The religious Jews of that day, they hated Gentiles. There was an awful racism, bigotry, prejudice between the Jews and the Gentiles. Religious Jews hated Gentiles. As a matter of fact, they hated them so much. They believed, despite the scriptures saying, the Old Testament saying that God was going to save the Gentiles. 
that God was going to send a light to the Gentiles. His name would be Jesus. Yeah, you got it. And they're reading their Bibles and they should know that God was going to save the Gentiles, but they just couldn't understand that. And they hated the Gentiles. And the religious Jews taught that Gentiles were only created for the fodder of hell. They taught that Gentiles were created to fuel the fire of hell. In other words, if you're a Gentile and not a Jew, you were created, they taught, to make hell hot, to keep hell hot. The religious Jews used to pray every day, God, I thank you that I am not a Gentile, a dog, or a woman. Now, they prayed that, ladies, not me. Okay. Y'all like, what? That's what they prayed. But they were very, very, they hated Gentiles. So they couldn't believe, you're still with me? They couldn't believe that Paul had the audacity to say that God was saving a Gentile. And notice they began to tear their clothes at that word. And they began to throw dust in the air. Thank God they were up on the Temple Mount where there were no rocks. Because if there were rocks on the Temple Mount, they wouldn't have been throwing dust in the air. They would have been throwing rocks at Paul. They would have stoned him on the spot. And so they threw dust and they said, away with him from the earth. And so these guys are going crazy and they're saying he's not fit to live. And notice the commander said, bring him into the barracks so that they could get the truth out of him. Watch this. They wanted to get the truth out of him. And how would they get the truth out of him to examine him by scourging? Scourging? What's that, Rodney? Well, scourging, listen, was brutal. It was bloody. It was a cruel way of getting information out of people. Scourging was the Roman form of corporal punishment. In scourging, in this whole process, listen close, they would take a victim and they would tie him to the post. And then they would take and rip his shirt open as he's tied down actually they would take his hands and chain them to the bottom of the post as to put his body in that position and they would rip his shirt open and rip most of his clothes off of him and stretch his back out and then they would take the cat of nine tails also known as a flagellum and they would take the cat of nine tails and the cat of nine tails is a wooden stick and perhaps you've seen the passion of the christ that was a very accurate depiction of scourging process And so they take the cat of nine tails, the flagellum, and the cat of nine tails has nine leather straps from it. And in each of the leather straps, they have pieces of glass and metal and sharp objects. And the sentence or the punishment was 40 stripes, except one for mercy. And so they would take the cat of nine tails, and the purpose of the scourging was to get the accused to confess the committed crime. So as the prisoner would not confess a crime, the lashes would become harder and harder and harder. And actually they would, they would take his hands and have them tied down like this. And then the Roman executioner guy, he would just whip them. And because the straps were so long as he, the straps would wrap around the body and then he would pull them back this way. This is why, do you understand And the Bible says that Jesus had no form of comeliness that we should desire to see him. Why? Because after the scourging, Jesus was hamburger meat. I mean, even the passion of the Christ, as accurate of a depiction as that was, still wasn't quite there. 
It couldn't be. You cannot reproduce that. So, and then they would move around and they would whip him and pull up and they would move around his body and the cat of nine tails would hit your face, hit your body, just hit everywhere and until the accused fessed up to the crime. And it was usually the case that a person would die. They wouldn't even make it all the way through the scourging. You might remember when Paul, pardon me, Pilate scourged Jesus and the Bible says as a lamb, watch this, as a lamb to the slaughter, he opened not his mouth. If the purpose of the process of scourging was to get the victim, the accused to confess a crime, well, then Jesus was perfect and sinless. He had no sin to confess. Therefore, he opened not his mouth. If you understand, say amen. He opened not his mouth. And if, might I submit, Jesus were to open his mouth, he would have had to tell the Romans who was involved in the crime. Jesus would have had to say, Rodney, Madeline, Dawn, Elvira, you. Because we were guilty and Jesus went to the cross in our place. Listen, it's not that hard. This is very simple. Jesus died in your place. So in other words, you should have been on the cross. You should have been going through that scourging. But Jesus died for us. He died that we might live. Somebody say amen. So he had no sin to confess. He died in our place. And so here we have, just as they're about to examine Paul by scourging, Notice, saints, in your Bibles, in verse 25, just as they look at it again, just as they're about to examine Paul by scourging, Paul says, hey, is it lawful for you to scourge a man who has not been condemned? (laughs) Paul knows their law. Now, listen, according to Roman law at this time, it was unlawful. Watch this. It was unlawful to even bind an individual who had not gone through the proper procedure. That was worthy of death. That was unlawful just to tie him up, a Roman citizen. It was also unlawful to scourge a Roman citizen who had not gone through the proper process, and that too was worthy of death. It was Cicero who said, to bind a Roman citizen is a crime, to scourge him a scandal, To slay him, death for your family. So this was a crime. Now watch this. Paul uses their law and he asked, is it lawful to scourge me? I'm a Roman citizen. And did you notice this in your Bibles around verse 26 and 27? When the guard heard that Paul was a Roman citizen, the guard said, you're a Roman? And he said, ah, um, um, uh, uh. And he was shocked and it made him back off. Now, the one little thing I want to point out to you, just as kind of a side note for you, really quickly, it is interesting. Notice that Paul is using his civil, legal, constitutional rights to get out of this beating. 
Sometimes, saints, listen, you need to use your civil, legal, constitutional rights to get out of a beating. Somebody say amen. I use anything to get out of a beating. Shoot, I'm going to get out of a beating. Y'all feeling me? But now listen, you got to understand. Yes, we use our civil, legal, constitutional rights to get out of a beating against non-believers. But let's be clear about something. We are not to take believers to court. The Bible does not teach that. And people tell me all the time, Pastor, well, you know, well, I'm going to take them to court. No, no, no. Are they a Christian? Yeah, they're a Christian. We worship together forever. But still, I don't, I don't know. I'm going to take them to see Judge Judy. <laughs> like, look, don't take them to see Judge Judy. Take them to see Judge Mathis. No, I mean, don't take them at all. Wait. Whoa, I don't know where that came from, man. I meant don't take them at all. Because the Bible doesn't say that. But we're not to take a believer to court. And so here we have the commander said to Paul in our text, are you a Roman citizen? And Paul said, you doggone skippy I am. That's also in the Greek language. See, y'all just don't know you're Greek. That's the problem, see. And he said, I'm a Roman and I purchased my citizenship. Now, listen. At this time, Claudius had instituted a law that if people wanted to be a Roman citizen, they could buy their way into citizenship with proper approval. So he said to Paul, you're a Roman? Well, I purchased my citizenship. And Paul said, well, I was born free. That sounds like a song. Born free, as free as the wind blows. As free as the grass grows, born free. You know that song? It's a wonderful song. Paul says, I was born free. And they stopped the preparations. Did you notice that? They stopped the preparations for scourging, and the commander was afraid, and rightly he should be, because he broke the Roman law by even binding a Roman citizen. You understand so far? Say amen. He broke the law already. Now, I do find it interesting. Get this. Listen close. Paul didn't use his Roman citizenship too soon. I find that interesting. You might remember when Paul was in Philippi. It's right about Acts chapter 16. Paul was in Philippi, and he used his Roman citizenship pretty quickly. Well, they wanted him to leave the city. And Paul says, oh, oh yeah, you want us to leave the city now that you've already beaten us uncondemned Romans, he said. So there, in that case, there in Acts 16, Paul uses his Roman citizenship here uh, quickly, but here in our text, Paul kind of waits, and he lets them take him. He lets them bind him. They probably stripped off the shirt, and they're getting ready. They got the flagellum, the cat of nine tails. They're probably right, right here, ready to strike. And Paul is like there, all tied down like this. And they're ready to strike. And Paul looks up and says, uh, fellas, uh, I'm a Roman citizen. Now, I, I'm like, why did he wait till then? So I did a lot of study on this. I needed to know. And you know what I found out? I don't know. 
It took me days to discover that I don't know. I, I just don't know. Now, if it had been me, and as soon as they were even coming near me, if I saw them on the same block, and I knew they were going to take me and scourge me, I'd be like, I'm a Roman, I'm a Roman. Listen, man, listen, me, listen, listen. Y'all not hearing me. I am a Roman. I start quoting them chapter and verse policy and section. I'd be like, you need to know your law. Paul just waits and he, you know, just about. And then he says, hey, I'm a, I'm a Roman citizen. And notice in verse 30 in your Bibles, notice the commander has to know exactly what Paul did wrong. And so he gathers, did you note this? He gathers a chief priest in the Sanhedrin. And again, listen, the Sanhedrin is the Supreme Court. This is the high court of the day. 7171 of these guys. It's the high court, the court of the Sanhedrin. And guys, listen close. This is the fifth time that someone stands before this council, this court, the Sanhedrin, the fifth time to share with them the gospel. The same court. The first time, it was Jesus who was standing there sharing with them. The second time was Peter and John who was brought before the Sanhedrin. Third time's a charm. The 12 were brought and a testimony was given before the Sanhedrin. And then the fourth time, it was with Stephen, the first martyr of the church, whose face was glowing like an angel. And then here we have it, the fifth time right here with Paul standing before them. Saints, listen, what does that tell us? That tells us that God is a God, not only of the second chance, contrary to popular opinion. God is not the God of a second chance. He's a God of a second and a third and a fourth and a fifth. Somebody say amen. The second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth chance. God's always trying to reach people. These guys continue. Every time somebody is standing before them to give testimony of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, they reject it. And now number five, and you'll find it interesting if you know your biblical history and you know your Roman history, it's the Roman general Titus in A.D. 70, just 10 short years from now, less than that. In A.D. 70, where Titus comes in and he levels the city. Why? Because they continue to reject the grace of God. And if anyone continues to reject the grace of God, then of course there comes a day of reckoning. Well, how could a loving God send people to hell? He doesn't. You do. Because he's always crying out. The Bible says that even when you go outside and you look up in the air and you look up in the sky and the Bible says that the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. Every day they're uttering speech and every night they show knowledge. And every time that you go to the mountains and you enjoy your vacation and those mountains are saying, hey, what you're looking at is all about God. It's no accident of creation. What's wrong with you? Oh, well, all that beautiful mountain just showed up. <laughs> oh, yeah. And this watch just showed up, too. Hello? It doesn't happen. You got a watch, you need a watchmaker. Got a pair of shoes, you need a cobbler. I ain't heard that word in a long time, have you? <laughs> I'm dating myself. A cobbler. Some of y'all like, is that what they call shoemakers? Honey, write that down. Cobbler. I thought that was something you ate. 
Oh, okay. But hey, you know, God is always trying to reach people. Amen, saint? And that's what this is all about. Here, Paul is standing before the Sanhedrin. Now, let's see how much of chapter 23 we can get in here. Look at this. Acts 23 and verse 1. Notice, then Paul, are you with me? Say amen. amen. Then Paul, looking earnestly at the Sanhedrin, the council, he said, men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. And the high priest Ananias commanded those who stood by him to smack him in the mouth. And then Paul said to him, God will strike you, you whitewashed wall. I love Paul. He's so much like me. You whitewashed wall. For you sit to judge me according to the law. And do you command me to be struck contrary to the law? Now, stop right there, guys. Give me your attention. You got to wonder how many of these guys. Listen, Paul was a member of the Sanhedrin. He was a member of the 71. And you got to think about, wonder how many of these guys that he was kind of in club Sanhedrin with. Some of these guys, he knew them. And you want to notice how Paul greeted them. He said, men and brethren, which, by the way, saints, isn't the ordinary greeting. The ordinary greeting for a group like this is rulers and elders of Israel. Paul says men and brethren. Why? Because he was familiar with these guys. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch, in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.